chapter of Galatians, chapter 1, verses 1 through 10. Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers who are with me, to the churches in Galatia, grace to you and peace from our God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Well, I checked, and David was wrong. There were no new manuscripts on Jonah. So I guess that was a conclusion last week. We can't have a new beginning. So we'll have to move on to a new book, and we're going to go back into the New Testament. And uh, for the next uh, several sessions, we're going to talk about Galatians which is a wonderful book, one of Paul's really powerful books. So I hope, again, you'll be reading Galatians. And uh, again, as Steve said, check what I say with what um, is in that book and make sure that I'm keeping you on the right path. You know, I always love the sense that, uh, you know, in the Bible, when Paul was going through Acts and it says that he was in Thessalonica, and initially they come, you know, and uh, respond to the word and then, um, some Judaizers kind of distract them, and so they drive him out of Thessalonica, and he goes to Berea, and it says, and the Bereans, and the Bereans were more, what's it, what is it, were more noble than were the Thessalonicans, and the reason was because every single thing that Paul said, they took to the word of God, and that's what you need to do with me. Every single thing you hear from this pulpit, just as Steve said, you need to take it to the word of God to make sure that I'm telling you the real gospel, that I'm not adding to it, I'm not deleting from it, I'm preaching it just as it was presented to you in the word of God. So that's important, and that's what this is about. That's what Galatians is all about. That's what Paul is talking about. But before I do that, a congregation had outgrown its building. And they decided to create the perfect sanctuary. After two years of planning, construction began just as the minister left to go on sabbatical to Europe. Now, returning on the very morning of the very first service in that gorgeous new building, she was horrified to find that it only had one row of seats in the sanctuary. The church secretary heard her screaming in the sanctuary. And she rushed in and she said, calm down. The people are starting to arrive. Watch what happens. And what happened was in that lone row of seats filled up, 
A second roll popped up behind it. And then another, and another, and another, until the whole sanctuary was filled with people. It was a perfect way to avoid the age-old problem of everybody sitting in the back pews. (laughs) Ecstatic. The minister launched into the greatest sermon of her career. And after 20 minutes, the pulpit sank into the floor. I would keep this thing secure, but check my watch. <laughs> Frederick Beekner once said something really powerful. He said, every once in a while, life can be very eloquent. You go along from day to day, not noticing very much, and then, when you least expect it, something speaks to you with such power that it catches you off guard and makes you listen whether you want to or not. For Paul, that power was the gospel. Paul said in Romans 1.16, the gospel is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. In Paul's conversion, if you go to that story on the road to Damascus in Acts 9, it tells us of the ways of God and how they intersect with the ways of humanity. There's Paul a human being who belongs to the earthly realities that we all experience. And there's God, who wonderfully intersects the human plane plane with the gift of the gospel. That was a defining moment in Paul's life when he was intersected on that road to Damascus with the risen Christ. In Jesus Christ, God has broken into our world enlarging our possibilities. And through the power of the gospel, God invites each and every one of us to move beyond the mundane earthly lives that we enjoy and invites us to enter into the very kingdom of God. Each and every one of us is being invited into the kingdom of God to live under that power, the power of the gospel. For Paul, everything in creation finds its purpose, its meaning, and its fruition in Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life, and through whom all things are reconciled back to God. Paul says God has done something in the cross of Jesus Christ that is objectively true, and it's true apart from any human participation and despite of any response we make to that cross. This truth, and this truth alone, determines the destiny of all nations and all people. Today's worldview says it doesn't really matter what you believe as long as you're a good person. You know, after all, all good people, regardless of the religion or lack of one, are loved by God and they're going to go to heaven, if there is a heaven. Now, this sounds open-minded, but it's actually intolerant of God and grace. You see... If all good people go to heaven and God just simply loves everybody, then why would he send his son to suffer and die on a cross? It also means that sinners have no hope. I mean, if all good people are going to go to heaven, sinners aren't going to be there. If you're simply saved by being good, then only the good can be saved. And Paul is saying, that is no gospel at all. 
Where's the good news in that? The gospel challenges people to see our radical sin. As Jesus said, I didn't come to call the righteous, but the sinner. Now, Jesus wasn't implying there are actually people who are righteous. He's just simply saying there are people who think they're righteous. And you see, if you don't think you're sick, you don't see your need for a doctor. And if you don't realize that you're a sinner, if you think you're righteous, you won't see your need for a Savior. And you're going to miss out on the gospel. The gospel challenges us to see our radical sin. Because without a sense of our sinfulness, God's grace will never transform our hearts and our lives. And we will never appreciate the cost, the cost to God for our salvation. Most Christians, whether they will admit it or not, expect very little from the gospel. And so they receive very little from the gospel. Because most Christians really have little understanding of what Jesus Christ can do for them in their daily lives. In fact, like the Galatians, many Christians today are actually ashamed of the gospel. Like the Galatians, many Christians think the gospel is foolishness. Oswald Chambers said, Faith is a terrific venture in the dark. Believing God can be Let me say that again. Faith is a terrific venture in the dark, believing God can be trusted in spite of everything that contradicts that truth in our everyday life. Faith is simply converting the truth, the word of God, into reality by obedience to the word of God. In other words, the only way that you're ever going to discover if the word of God is absolutely true is by living and obeying it. By living the word and obeying the word, you'll discover that God's word is absolutely the truth. Paul was fully aware that a carpenter from Galilee posed a problem as a savior of the world. In 1 Corinthians 1.23, Paul said, We preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. In a place like Rome, it took great courage not to be ashamed of what seemed an absurdity. In a place like New York City, it takes great courage not to be ashamed of what might seem like an absurdity. That an unknown Jew who suffered a disgraceful death on a cross in an insignificant little country on the eastern fringe of the Roman Empire was now being proclaimed to be God in human flesh. Today our world still struggles with that gospel. It takes great courage to say, as does Paul, I desire to know nothing among you but Jesus Christ and him crucified. For Jesus alone is the power of God. Not wealth, not beauty, not status, not power, not control. The power of God is the gospel of Jesus Christ. For Paul... The gospel is the only successful rescue operation the world has ever been offered by God. 
So the gospel is not only the most important message in all of history, it is also the only essential message in all of history. It is the only message that you will ever hear that will ultimately matter in your life. And so Paul was astonished that these Galatians and who he had introduced to the gospel were turning to a different gospel that was no gospel at all. And I wonder what Paul would say about our churches and our denominations today. Paul says, God did not set his loving grace on us because we were worthy, because we were good, but simply because God delights and finds pleasure in just doing just that. And God's love is the only love we can ever be secure in because it is the only love we can't ever lose. Because God's love doesn't depend on our wisdom, our strength, our goodness, but solely on God's promises, God's love, and God's power in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul said God was pleased to reveal Christ to him so that God could reveal Christ through him. And this is where the tire meets the road. And God has revealed Christ to you. God was pleased to reveal Christ to you so that God can reveal Christ through you. It is through each and every member of the body of Christ that we reveal the gospel to the world. As people look at you, they see Christ in you or should see Christ in you. You are the revealers of Christ. You are the body of Christ. And many of you will be the only Bible that many people ever read. You can never earn God's love. But the good news of the gospel is God's complete and full approval that he has given to each and every one of you when you put your faith in Jesus Christ. The gospel says on the cross, Jesus took the curse of our sin upon himself and that he imputed his righteousness that he had earned through living a perfect life and completely fulfilling the whole law of God, and he did it all on our behalf. And if you believe that, if you believe the gospel, you no longer ever have to be anxious or wonder if you are acceptable to God. Because through faith in Jesus Christ, Paul says that your slate has been wiped clean. And Jesus Christ himself has written his righteousness into each and every heart that believes and trusts in him. And that means in Jesus Christ, when you believe the gospel, which is not a thing, it's a person, it's Jesus Christ, he is the gospel And when you believe the gospel, you can now approach God as if you were the most beautiful, heroic, and faithful as Jesus Christ himself. Because when God looks at you, that's exactly who he sees when you're in Christ. He sees the beauty of his beloved son, Jesus Christ. You are his beautiful sons and daughters who he cherishes.
Paul says, you foolish Galatians, what gospel in this world could ever offer you so much? My friends, believe the good news of the gospel in Jesus Christ. You are forgiven. Amen.